When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. Back after a long summer, my name is Daniel Cott and I'm delighted to be joined by Michael Gannon and Fraser Wilson. Guys, how are you? Very well, very well. Afternoon, chaps. I hope you're enjoying this um, glorious Scottish summer. I've just had to squeegee my back lawn. It's so wet. <laughs> it's like a hand in pitch for that game against, was it, was it Hungary? <laughs> Georgia, you're right. Against Georgia, sorry, yeah. Um, well, I'm glad to see you both, but you in particular, Mick, you've, you've been on your travels this summer. You've been away with Celtic in Japan. I have, yeah. Um, slight contrast from 35 degree heat and sunshine in Japan last week to this um, in Scotland. Yeah, it's a bit of a, 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 bit of a come down. Um, yeah, I got a week, week with Celtic out in the Far East. Um, really enjoyable week. It was a um, great, great place to see and experience. We also got a wee kind of um, a wee kind of view behind the scenes with Celtic and a couple of open training sessions, a couple of games, and um, get to see kind of Brendan Rodgers working again at, at the club. Yeah, it was it was a great a great trip. It's an all round brilliant experience. I wanted to ask you about actually the the, the Brendan Rodgers. Um, I, I understand you watched him training, and it was it was a bit of an experience to see you kind of peek behind the curtain. Yeah, well, it was yeah. I mean, there were a couple of open training sessions, and I don't think they would have had kind of um, revealing any secrets in these sessions. I mean, it was, um, and it was plus it was really, really hot, so they weren't going through the full, the full rigmarole. But what we, what you could see was, was really interesting. Um, I think it's clear. See when you see Brendan Rodgers on the training ground, it's it's like watching a, a an animal in his natural habitat. Just looks so comfortable and control. Um, a real aura about him with players. It was it was quite interesting watching him working in certain patterns of play. Um, the way he interacts with players is interesting as well. I mean, he's, he's very encouraging and cajoling. He's 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 uh, very positive with them. You can see them kind of reacting. It's quite funny. Some of the younger players, he was he was really encouraging. You could see them kind of puffing their chest out a wee bit. Um, and it was, it was, it was intriguing because some of the patterns of play we saw them working on, the, like the previous next night on games, actually coming to fruition. And I said that was what we watched the night before in the training ground, and actually see it come, coming from kind of the planning stages to, to actually put it into practice. Really interesting, quite clear. I mean, listen, if you watch any kind of top-level coaching action, you would be kind of impressed. But when you see Rogers at it on the train, and you're just looking at I just, you just get the feeling that a guy who's a, a master at work, a guy who's got, what, 700 games as a manager under his belt, completely controlled and composed, knows what he's doing, got a vision, great at communicating with his, with his squad. Um, I think if any Celtic fans had any kind of 
I don't think there are any lingering doubts about his ability as a manager, but I think the kind of reluctance to kind of accept him back um, after his departure the last time round, I think they should put that to one side and just, just be kind of comfortable in the knowledge of a guy in charge who knows exactly what he's doing. But that's the kind of feeling I got from watching him. I mean, like you say, Mick, Fraser, a lot of fans were kind of a bit miffed when it was Rogers coming back to replace Ange after Ange had been so successful, but there's no doubt Candidate-wise, he's the perfect candidate to be Celtic manager. It's almost seamless, isn't it? I mean, if they could afford to get him back, there really was no competition for that position, to be honest. But not not just what he achieved before, but just he knows he knows what's required at Parkhead. He knows the demands. I think he can he can work with that squad that's at his disposal very easily because I think it will suit his style of play. Everything about it's just so seamless that I think Ange Postecoglou. What a remarkable job he did, but I think he'll pretty quickly be forgotten. Never, not forgotten about because he deserves his place in Celtic history. He did a remarkable job, but fans will very quickly move on from him, I think. And that, 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 for anyone else, that would have been a very difficult task. And Mick, where else in Japan then did you head to? Did you roll there for a week? Yeah, Celtic were based in Yokohama and then they moved to Osaka. So had the, the joy of the, the bullet train. Um, Osaka to uh, Yokohama is about 250 miles. I've done it in two hours, which is like going Glasgow to kind of Birmingham, which in this country would take about three days. Uh, so it's scary look things, Mick. Yeah. I mean, were you uh, a bit anxious getting on it? No, no, they're actually they're, they're really smooth. Actually, it's just actually quite a strange sensation. Um, they're, they're great. Um, things actually work in Japan, which is a strange sensation given the way our country is just now. Um, quicker getting from Yokohama to Osaka than from Coat Bridge to Glasgow City Centre these days. So, <laughs> um, no, it was, uh, the team went there on, on the bullet train as well. Um, the two good games played against um, Yokohama F, Marinos, uh, Ange's old team, and they played against Gamba Osaka. Marinos, a slightly better team than, than Osaka, but good tests. Just different ways of playing. They're, good, they're two good sides, middle of the seasons. So, good tests at a time when Celtic were a bit, a bit rough and ready. Um, but yeah, and then obviously you get to do a wee bit of sightseeing out there as well and get to experience some of the delights of Japan, try some of the food. Um, it's kind of strange at half-time, rather than a pie and a bovril, I had, um, I had, a, I had a, uh, octopus balls at half-time in one of the games in Osaka, um, which was a, was a slightly different sensation than a, a steak pie or a kelly pie or something like that. Were they nice? Well, nice, yeah. Oh, they quite nice. Um, yeah, I thought I quite enjoyed them, actually. This is like being an I'm a celebrity. <laughs> I didn't know octopus had balls. <laughs> <laughs> How many? <laughs> One for each tentacle. <laughs> uh, sorry for some reason, isn't it? That's, that's quite a good wee joint to get sent on. I know, I was slumming it, man. I just had a three-hour hop, skip and jump across Europe to Marbella. Poor me. That's not too bad during the heatwave. That's not too bad. <laughs> just, uh, I've just got back to my usual tone of Pele Wally after resembling a beetroot for the last two weeks. Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you mentioned the games over there, Mick. I know obviously that the 6-4 games are a bit mad, but I think all in all, a good workout for Celtic. Obviously, at the weekend, the 1-1 draw the Wolves, but Celtic again with a better team. But the defence was a bit makeshift, I think it's safe to say. Stephen Welsh and Liam Scales, who, and I thought Liam Scales was really good at the weekend, I thought he stood out. But Celtic, obviously for the first game of the season next weekend, will be hoping that, you know, Starfelt, Navrocki, at least them will be back in contention. 
Yeah, I think so. I don't think there was any kind of, I don't think there's any longer term concern over these guys. They just weren't went rest at the weekend. Um it's not listen, it, I don't think it's an ideal way to start a season when you've got Arthur Johnson coming back from a long term absence injury. Cameron Carter Vickers still coming back from his operation in the last season. Uh, and then Starfield and Rocky just in the door, not played yet, not had a chance to get any minutes with Celtic. So I don't think it's an ideal situation to start the season. Um, I think the, the picture will change quite quickly, right enough. I don't think Johnson's close, Carter Vickers close, and Starfield and Rocky are not. Are, are not. I think they may, be, they may actually play against um, Bobal and the James Forrest testimonial. So that I don't think it's a, any panic. Um, I certainly didn't get that that feeling from from the manager at any point in time out there, or even this weekend. He's any kind of concern. Um, I think he, he can he can muddle through in the short term. I don't think he need to panic too much. We're fairly well equipped down the line. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think they're in decent enough shape. As I say, it's not it's not the ideal what you want. You want your full team out in the first day of the season, but it's they've got enough quality in the ranks. Uh, Liam Scales interesting one. I thought he played well at the weekend as well. I think the assumption is that he will eventually end up back at Aberdeen, where he, he did well in the kind of second half of last season after a bit of, a bit of kind of struggle and start. Um, he might, he might persuade the manager. Might persuade to keep him around. He's a handy guy to have. Um, I still think he will end up back at Aberdeen. I still yeah. think um, he's still there just now because he need, need to cover there just now. I suspect as the window goes on, he, he, he might move on. I think Stephen Welsh. I think will be kept as well. I think um, he's, he's a, a guy who's a proven performer, um, pretty reliable as a, as a backup. I don't think he's going to be forced to be into the first team anytime soon, but. He's also handy in terms of these European squad lists as a homegrown player. You can have him in that squad as a backup, and he's he's not taken away from the the, the overseas list, you know, the same um, squad A list, squad B list, and all that stuff. It gets a bit complicated. He's handy to have there as well. Um, so I, I I think I feel really equipped. <laughs> Interesting to see what happens to Carl Starfield. There's a lot of talk about him and his future. Um, I don't think he's one that Rogers wants to let go, um, but. If something comes in that's decent money and he finds that he might he might let him and then I think when that happened he would get back out of the market. Um I still think there's still work to be done at Celtic in terms of incomings. Um so it'd be interesting. I think there will be kind of twists and turns in the market over the next few weeks. That's right. interesting, Mick, isn't it? Because if there's one big, big difference between Rogers and Ange post the Coglu, it was as soon as a player showed any interest in perhaps moving away. Then he'd be gone, wouldn't he? Right. Whereas I don't think Brendan Rogers said just for instance, Carol Starr felt if he did start making noises about looking elsewhere, I think Rogers would immediately cast him aside and look to shift him on, would he? Yeah, I think I think maybe, maybe lessons learned that one with Celtic. I think maybe perhaps um I remember during Rogers' first first spell there was problems in with um Didrick Boyata, the club knocked back nine million quid. And he took the half a wee bit. Um, think back how how um, inconsistent Boyata was. That was even, that's that a lot of money for Boyata. In hindsight, he took that money when they get chance. Yeah. He took the half a wee bit, didn't he? Um, and you look the, the following year. You look at maybe guys like Chris Ayer and Watson Edward kind of hanging around and maybe wanting to go. And I, I think maybe lessons have been learned. If they want to go, let them go. And I think Celtic have learned to trust the recruitment. Um, I think we've seen that in, in recent years. I think, I think the, the ten in a row. Um, failed campaign um, was a wee bit of a lack of a loss of confidence in their own ability to recruit. So I think they brought in a few guys that season who 
who didn't do well when they brought in three or four players that just did, just did not work. Your kind of Barkas, Ayetis, and these kind of guys saying Duffy didn't work, surprisingly as well. Um, Laxell, these guys, they didn't work. So I think they lost a bit of confidence a wee bit that time, but I think that's back because the recruitment has been so on the money in the last two seasons that I think there would be a confidence. If someone did go, they'll bring in somebody else, which I, I think it's reflected in the kind of confidence that the managers had. I mean, they've lost, obviously, Jota. Uh, Aaron Moyes retired, so that's the two main departures from last season's team. Uh, and you think that might weaken them from the way they were last year, but then you look back even further, they lost Marcus and Juranovic, but they already had replacements brought in before they even left. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now there's a confidence that someone that someone does want to go take the money and they'll, they'll buy somebody else. Um, so I don't think I don't think there's any kind of stress about now about losing players. And then they've lost, they've lost Jota, who's arguably maybe the, the best player they had. Uh, oh, I see. Arguably, I think he's in one of the best players they, ha- they had. Um, and I don't think that's caused too many sleepless nights. And likewise, I think I think they, they would be confident to replace anyone in that team. I think they will be bids. I think I think they will be tested. I think the likes of Hatate, Abada, Starfield. Um, I think there could be tests in a few weeks with these guys. Um, but that's become a success. If you play well and do well, win trophies. Um, Teams are going to look, look at you. That's, you'd rather that than not. Um, so I still think there could be some outgoings. I think there could be some serious moves in that direction. But I think there were a confidence they can go and replace these guys anyway. I thought as well, Fraser, at the weekend, um, Kyogo, the first half an hour, he was absolutely outstanding. He scored the goal. He hit the bar with this like audacious chip as well. I'm, I don't want it to happen, but I'm really surprised there hasn't been more interest in him I, you know i could see plenty of teams you know after i played his quality Aye, well i think without a shadow of doubt he is celtic's best player um mick was right Zota was one of them but i thought getting 25 million quid for Zota was an incredible bit of business i don't think he was that good a player as good as he was so that, that, that's a no-brainer uh, i think kyogo is though and as you said that goal on what day was it saturday i uh it just it's What's as sharp as ever, just that predatory instinct. I mean, speaking to the uh, big divine at the back for Inverness after the Scottish Cup final, and he just explained to you for half an hour, Kyogo done nothing, just stood about, and then in an instant, bang, caught him napping, and they were 1-0 down. And that's what it was like when he uh, pickpocketed the Wolves defender before curling home the opener on Saturday, I think. The guy's just unplayable at times. So I, th- I do think he is Celtic's most important player. And now I've forgotten your question. What was it? <laughs> Just uh, I think on the offers that could come in for him. I mean, I, I definitely think there will be offers like Mick uh, uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah. I, d- I don't really know so much down south. Mick will probably know better than me. I, d- I don't know if, if a, a, a big six club down south would be tempted to go for a player in the Scottish Premiership. But I certainly expect his uh, form in the last two seasons will attract interest for across Europe. Um, is is He's a great player and uh, probably the best striker in the Scottish Premiership, without a doubt. Uh, but equally, I think Cameron Carter-Vickers is every bit as important for Celtic at the back. And um, when he comes back, uh, it'll be a formidable, formidable at the back. So. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. And she, yeah. I think Kyogo, I think they can, I don't think they should be too concerned about losing Kyogo. I mean, he's got a four-year, new four-year contract, so it's going to cost mega money to get him. Um, he's not going to go top six in England. He's, they're in the market for strikers who are 70, 80, 100, 200 million quid. Yeah. He's not in that market. So you're looking at the bottom end of the Premier League and they don't really go for little kind of quick kind of slight centre forwards. They like the big big brutes, don't they? They're insane they can top any championship. So that, that market, I don't think, maybe Germany, some of that, they'd be looking at them. I think that's that's maybe a worry. But would they spend 25 million pounds on them? Very few. There's only a slight band of clubs that could do that. Yeah. So I think, they're, I think they're okay in terms of that one just now. I was the doubt just saying, don't expect times to come in for them. I think that's what I was yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, I don't see, I don't see him being a Spurs player. To be honest with you, uh, I could, listen, you could be wrong. Um, he's got all ability. I, can't, I still can't work out how he's still kicking about in Japan at twenty six. Um, really, I mean, I'm talking about late bloomer. Um, I mean, he's going to be a PE teacher at one point, wasn't he? I think up to twenty two. Sixteen, uh, right? It's just, a, I mean, yeah, total late bloomer. I mean, he's twenty, what, twenty six when he came to Celtic, twenty eight now. He's that age, so if it's going to happen, it'll happen this year or next summer. Very true. Um, obviously, he's got a couple of wee injury concerns. He's a problem with his shoulder, but I don't think it's that big a deal with his shoulder. I think, um, and Brendan mentioned, they make these subs, they will need subs at some point. It's up to him when he, when he does that. I think his shoulder pops out then again. Um, it's maybe cut for a couple of days and it pops back in. There's been, there's been players like that all through the time. I, mean, I remember um, Kieran Tierney had a summer problem for a while. Johnny Hayes was one. Johnny Hayes was doing games. He's been got up. Then, mine back in the 80s. He's put, put the shoulder back in, go on, mate. The rest needs to be lying low for about a fortnight, wailing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think it's a concern in that, in that respect, regardless um, of Kyogo. See, just on the signings coming in, I think, it, I think it's five players that have been brought in so far. And I definitely think there's, a, there's been a, a bit of a mood amongst the Celtic support that maybe there could be a big blue chip signing coming this summer, a big money kind of addition to the squad. But, uh, I think purely because the squad was almost perfect at the end of last season, it felt. Do you see that being the case, Mick? I mean, I know Rogers said he wants to stick to the model. Uh, depends how you define kind of blue, blue chip. Um, I don't. They're not going to go and spend fifteen million pound on a player um, because I think, unfortunately, the fifteen million pound player comes with a, a wage package that would blow the pull apart the structure at Celtic as well. And that can cause more problems than it's worth. Um, so I don't, I don't see the kind of fifteen million pound wide man coming in. Uh, I still, I think they'll stick to their kind of. What you might see that a higher level of, of potential coming in. I, I mean, I mean, but it, sometimes the blue chip signs don't know their, their marquee signs until afterwards. I mean, nobody really thought that, that Jota and Carter Vickers were going to be marquee signs, but it turns out a year later they were. Um, nobody knew that Odds Edward was going to be the, the, the marquee sign and they came on loan and they paid nine million pound for him and he didn't come that. Um, so I think they will spend money. I, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they coughed up eight, nine million pounds on another player. Perhaps I think I think another attacking player, another wide player, might be the one that he's he's, he's thinking about. That Rogers is thinking about. Um, but the, that market as well, you you have to wait for that market. That might be as the window goes on. Um, I don't think he's in any, any particular panic or rush just now. But I think as the window goes on, you might see teams failing to get Champions League football and having to cash in certain players. You might see then them going and getting a, a seven, eight million pound kind of wide man. Um, and the, tr- the trick for Celtic is to to get guys. Is that the Jota is? Listen, forget where Jota went to, right? Forget the fact he went to Saudi Saudi League. But Jota is is the absolute 
um, manifestation of the model working. Um, it's to buy a guy for six million quid and sell him for 25. So you start off, you buy it for a million, sell him for eight million, buy one for two million, sell him for 10, get it for four, sell for 15, get one for six, seven, sell for 25. That, that is absolutely working at its max. Mm -hmm. That's the Celtic model in practice. So I think that's the kind of market. And again, a guy like Jota, who is a kind of Benfica B, a lot of, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of potential to go and kick on with playing regular football. So I think that's what they're going to be, be scratching about again, that kind of market. 10 to 15, 20 million pound players, forget it. Do you know, do you know what I'd love, Fraser, right? And I get this has been greedy and this is like the wee boy in me, right? But some of my favourite transfer day memories are like breaking news, Celtic have signed Craig Bellamy out of nowhere, Robbie Keane out of nowhere. I, I would love it if Celtic did that. Maybe the last, like you say, Mick, someone's maybe frozen out in England, doesn't make out a squad down there, someone who's ready-made. I can't think of him off the top of my head. You're talking about Harry Kane, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, but those, but those days are gone because the market's oh, changed so much since then. Oh, I mean, even oh. Robbie Keane turned up. Robbie Keane, I don't know the ins and outs of wages bills, right? But the fact that Robbie Keane might be earning 45, 50 grand a week Aye. until they can match half, at least even half of it. These guys now in that level in England, that kind of name, they're earning 150 grand a week. They can't pay even a, a tenth of their wages for that, that kind of, that, those kind of deals. So those kind of moves, I think, are a thing of the past. The kind of, um, yeah, the Bellamy's and the Keens and all that stuff. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I just don't, I just think the market's changed so radically. I think the money thing now is, is crazy. I mean, you could be a backup right back in England getting 60 grand a week. I mean, it's just phenomenal the money that they're making down there, and that's just unrealistic. Um, so Celtic are forced to go into a market that's different. They need to find a wee gem and, and take a punt and, and polish them up. Which is again goes back to having Rodgers as a manager is, is vital because he's the guy that develops players. He will polish them up and make them better players. He's, he's, he's done it before and he'll do it again. There's even been talk of Tierney maybe coming back on loan, but even his money would be near yeah. Celtic's reach. You know, just what Mike said exactly. But Tierney himself will have to look bigger as well. I mean, the heartstrings might pull towards Parkhead for, for Kieran Tierney, but I'm sure he'll be well advised to be looking higher than a return to Scottish football. And also, as amazing a player Tierney is, and he is a better player than Greg Taylor, but you don't, Greg Taylor's been brilliant for Celtic, you don't really need that. Do you know what I mean? I've been saying it for two years, Greg Taylor, especially when he plays for Scotland as well, when he's really up against that, I don't think he ever lets anyone down and he gets better and better every time you see him. Honestly, it should be a Celtic left back for years to come, as far as I'm concerned, but don't see them as much as Mick, so we might have other opinions. We... We met, you mentioned earlier, Mick, that obviously Celtic's final pre-season game is, we're recording this on Monday, it's tomorrow night, Tuesday, against Athletic Bilbao. It's obviously a pre-season friendly, but it's also James Forrest's testimonial. Uh, and I thought we should maybe just touch on what he kind of, what his status is at Celtic. I, th I would consider him a genuine Celtic legend. Listen, without a doubt, he's won <laughs> he's 22 medals, winner's medals. 22? I mean, it's ridiculous in 13, 14 years. Uh, and he's, he's contributed to every one of these ones uh, over the years. I mean, listen, there's been times when he's been more influential than others. The last couple of seasons, maybe not as much as he has been in the previous years. But I don't think anyone can doubt for a second that the, the impact and influence James Forrest had at Celtic. He's been a phenomenal servant. Um, when you look back at the, the Rodgers' first reign, he was um, one of the star turns during that period. Rodgers, I mean, he was only, I think at that time, he had a few injuries and he looked as though he was heading out the door after Ronnie Dyla. Rogers came in and said, you're going nowhere. He fixed them up. 
got him playing, and then within a year or two, he was cleaning the board at the Player of the Year awards and all that stuff. Um, scored vital goals in Europe. Remember, came back many years um, to Shakhtar Karagandhi, scored a winner to get to the Champions League. Um, cup final goals, cup semi-final goals. Um, he goes against uh, an old firm derbies. The guy is, is, has made a complete... His uh, impression on the club over 13, 14 years has been incredible. And I think he, I think he's maybe taking for granted a wee bit, um, James. Um, I think, but I think latterly the fact that people can see it so less so when they start to remember that how much of a, of a player he's been for Celtic. He deserves a huge turnout. I think he'll, I think he'll get a good turnout mm-hmm. as well, and he deserves it. Um, a tremendous servant. He had chances to go a few times over the years, and no one didn't want to leave. But he was happy where he was. Um, huge contribution, and history will be very kind to him. I think it won't be for another ten years, and you look back, and he'll be he'll be regarded as, as one of the top. He'll be in the same bracket as your kind of Scott Brown, Callum McGregor, uh, maybe Kieran Tierney, these kind of guys. Um, I think uh, the guys like Lustig and all these these guys are regarded as this kind of heroes of the, of the kind of modern era. I think he'll be right up there. Uh, eleven league titles, Fraser. Eleven. It's pretty astonishing in his mix. Says he could have he could have left. I imagine many times for more money, and he as well. I'll be. I hope he gets a good night tomorrow as well because he's quite a he's taken a bit of stick in, in the past, but it maybe Stella plays quite it was quite a frustrating player, but he's kind of stuck through that and and as I say he's, he's a genuine Celtic legend now. Yeah, Mick said it himself, he's up there with the Brunies and all the rest of them in terms of medals. I mean, he's never going to be the type of guy that we shout about it either, is he? He's Mr. Quiet, but I mean if I had twenty two winners medals, I'd be wearing them around my neck every single day of the week. But <laughs> uh you know hear him shouting about it. No, I think, was it 101 goals? And 100, 100 assists as well, more than 100 yeah. Incredible, honest. Under, underrated, another one of those players, underrated. Maybe perfectly suited to spend his whole career at Celtic. Maybe could have gone down south, maybe to, maybe like Ryan Christie did to Bournemouth and done okay down there, but why not stick up here and win all these medals? And No, an absolutely fantastic servant. Hope he has a, a great night and a great turnout. He's, um, he's a German guy as well. I mean, a wee story, I remember, sums up, um, James as a person, I remember um, he was playing with Scotland. I think it was Albania with Scotland, and he scored. He scored twice. I think it was a brilliant performance, uh, and he was absolutely outstanding. A really tricky, smelly game, and, and, he, and he scored a couple, a couple of great goals. And after the game, um, all the kind of journalists are congregated in the, in the mix zone, hanging about, waiting for the players to come by so we can grab them for interviews. But James had been in getting drug tested, quite rightly so after that performance. <laughs> um, and so he was the last one to appear. So we're all hanging about, and we want to talk to the goal scorer the guy, the man in the match, the goal scorer, and all that stuff. And we're all hanging about, and me, James, saunters, saunters through the mix zone. And, uh, and we're all standing, and we kind of assumed he would walk over towards us, thinking he'd assume that we'd want to talk to him. He just keeps walking. And we said, James, where are you going? He says, Oh, you want, you want to talk to me? I'm like, yes, I want to talk to you. <laughs> the match, the hero there. But he just, he just didn't think that he was that important. That's the kind of guy he is. He's so humble. Didn't air, and he was just like, oh, "All right." He was kind of surprised that, "Well, you want to talk to me?" Well, I think so, James. Yeah, come over here, Mike. That, um, that was an Alec McLeish team that struggled. And remember, the very next game, he scored a hat trick at Hampden against right. Israel. So right. all five, all five of Scotland goals from around about forty caps have come in two back-to-back games. Yeah. And uh, there, there were spells where he was Scotland's best player as well. Where he was yeah, on yeah, yeah. Really, so, really I think those are big results in terms of getting towards the towards the Europe qualification. Right. Um, but yeah, I think some so down to earth, so humble, 
Uh, they spoke to me in Japan and asked about his medals. And I'm like, you remember tripping over them in the house? He said, no, I don't, I don't know, they're in, they're in drawers somewhere. And I'm like, he's just <laughs> completely down to earth, like an humble character. And, he, and we, we, we asked him about this, uh, this testimonial. And I was like, no, no, what he's like as a personality. And he's like, it's like being the, the center of attention. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of blown away by it and all that stuff. And it's, it's great. He says, but. Secretly, I'm, I'm looking forward to being over some at, at the limelight. No, it doesn't like all that kind of tension. It's just strange for football players. Do you know what I mean, but it's that's just the kind of guy he is. Just I just watch his socks off and train. He's a great example to the guys in the training ground because um, he turns up every day, knocks his pad in, doesn't complain if he's not playing. If he's on the bench, he'll come on and knock his pad on the pitch again. If he's dropped or he's not in the team the following week, just goes back to it and waits again for his chance. He's, I mean, he's, he's a manager's dream, um, and he deserves a, a very good um, showing um, tomorrow night. And off the pitch, oh, sorry, that's off the pitch, but on the pitch, it'll be a tough game for Celtic, and, and you imagine that Rodgers will want as close to his starting lineup as possible ahead of Ross County? It, I, no, I, no, I think he's going to play two teams. I think he'll play okay. 245s. I think that's the plan. I think he's going to play 245s. So I think it's more about giving minutes to guys. So I think you might see, like, uh, Naroki. Uh, and staff up getting minutes. I don't know about, about Arthur Johnson and Carter Vickers. They might, you might see them get a wee taste. I don't know. They might be just a bit behind that one. I think at the moment. Um, but he'll play. He'll play two forty. I think the potential to play two two different teams over the forty five minutes. Give him all some minutes um, and make sure James he gets a, a good reception. Everyone his brother for the second half and see if anyone notices the difference. <laughs> I think he's still a bit knackered after running off the Leeds the other day. I saw that, didn't you? I mean, being at 10 so that was a shift he had to put in against that Leeds team. <laughs> the, uh, if, if we assume that Carter Vickers isn't going to be ready for Ross County, Mick, is it Naroki that will partner Starfield, do you think? It, it depends. I think they need to get some kind of game time first. Um, but he's, I think, a wee bump uh, before he arrives, but I don't think he's had a good pre-season under his belt, so... Um, Quite possibly, quite possibly. Then again, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the scale's done well. Um, I think Kobayashi got a wee knocking over in Japan as well. So he's maybe a bit, not quite there either. Um, I think Starfelt will be fine. So Starfelt, I'd imagine, will start and then A another. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Iwata starting right back against Rock County as well. He's done a lot of work on Iwata over pre-season in that role. And he's looked good, actually. I thought he looked yeah. good again. Thank you. Um, defensively, maybe not positionally, they're not quite there yet, but I think you could easily get away with that in Scotland, playing there, no problem. He's really, um, really tenacious. Like, he's, he's, yeah, what in Japan, he was working really closely with, with the latter, um, and, he like, and he likes him, I think he does like him as a player, because he's so versatile, and the other one just does what, he, does what he's asked to do, no matter where he is in the pitch. And he can play about, about six different roles, so he'll, he'll be a guy, another guy that the manager, the manager loves. Um, so we decide he starts at right back uh, on Saturday, uh, until until Johnson and, and Ralston are, are up to speed. Um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see the, the, who gets minutes against um, Bobao because if, if, if Naroki plays 45 and, and comes through it, it looks okay, he might get chucked right in the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need to see how it goes tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you both back and have the podcast back. Um, as I say, thanks very much for listening. You can find all of the latest Celtic news uh, at record underscore sport on Twitter and of course on Facebook too. Mick Fraser, thanks very much. Cheers, boys. Oh, oh wait, cut my octopus, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. Thanks for listening. Cheers, mate. Cheers.